What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. My clients previously testified and authenticated this was a text conversation. So the, the third the third statement on that page that's in the lighter gray, right? Says the baby didn't even want you to hold him because he knows white people are evil. And again, this is you texting Nick and you say, Bahaha, you're going to have a lonely, miserable Father's Day. You have no recent photos of Julian to post. Why didn't you have any recent photos of Julian to post? I don't know. Was it because you weren't allowing him to see the child? I don't know why he didn't. Yes, it was because she wasn't allowing him to see the child. She wouldn't even allow him to know her address so that he could pick up his kid for visitation. Um, Karen apparently is still refusing to tell my client where she's living, um, which is a legal custody issue, but then it's going to be really important next week when we start visitation as well. Okay. Welcome to family court. This is the case of Nicholas Ravello and Karen Sangalaza. They met at the start of the summer in 2017, and two months later, in August, Karen became unexpectedly pregnant. As of the 2019 court date, Karen is a 23-year-old part-time waitress who lives in Las Vegas with her parents, and she is going to college for political science. Karen spells her name with an E and seven A, but nonetheless pronounces it as Karen. The baby's father, Nick, is a 34-year-old professional poker player. That may sound extravagant, but in reality, he only makes about $1,800 a month, which in a lot of states is less than a full-time minimum wage. Nick survives mostly off a trust fund and an aunt who pays for his rent. So to be fair, he has problems too. However, that does not mean it's okay for Karen to continue to harass him, make up false allegations, and to refuse to let him see his child. I'll get into all of that, but first, a quick word from this video's sponsor, Sandman. How to partner? The Brave browser protects your privacy and gets you back in the saddle, making it safe to surf the web again, ad-free. Even Vladimir Putin probably uses it. If you do choose to see ads, you get paid for your attention in cryptocurrency. If you're still using YouTube on Google Chrome, then my pet horse is laughing at you. Don't let the stallions of Silicon Valley spy on you and mount you like a prize pony. Download Brave by clicking on the link down below. I have two court cases on this topic with two different judges. The first case of Nick and Karen is with Judge Linda Marquis. I'm going to go over this one first because if you were to watch all the material that I'm going over, you would notice that Karen is an extraordinarily good liar. She has complete control over her emotional state when she's telling a lie, and she knows exactly which buttons to push to make people believe her. Usually liars don't have that much affect control, and you can tell when they are lying by the way they speak 
because they are mimicking the wrong emotion. That's not the case with Karen. She is so good at lying that you would not be able to tell unless you saw the actual evidence. This is why we have due process and why we don't just believe someone anytime they make an accusation. So let's start with something important from this court case that I'm going to come back to later in the video. This first court case is going to set the stage a little bit for the next court case that will be later in the video. In this clip, what we are going to hear is that Judge Marquis is quite mad at Karen, who is refusing to follow the court orders from previous hearings. During this case, their child Julian is nine months old, and it takes place on January 30th, 2019. I've been concerned about some of your parenting choices. Okay, and you know that. Co-sleeping. You told me your pediatrician told you to co-sleep. Okay? You did. And I told you I was real concerned about it. You know how many kids died in Clark County last year from co-sleeping deaths? It's not appropriate. Okay? I asked you to speak to your pediatrician about it. I'm certain that your pediatrician told you not to do it anymore. I was so certain that I asked you for the name of your pediatrician because I want it on the record of who said that out loud to who. Okay? and they can deal with the Metropolitan Police Department about their advice, okay? So in this case, there's to be no more co-sleeping. Remember this, because it's going to come up later. Just in case you aren't familiar, co-sleeping is when the parent or parents sleep in the same bed as the child instead of keeping the child in a separate crib. The danger of co-sleeping is that parents can roll onto their kid and suffocate them on accidents. Now, I'm sure you could find some Facebook article out there that tells you all of the amazing benefits of co-sleeping. But you have to ask, do the benefits of co-sleeping outweigh the possibility that you might suffocate your child? If Karen is actually worried about having a strong emotional relationship with her kid, then she has much bigger fish to fry than that. Like the fact that she is so unwilling to deal with the father peacefully that she will only exchange the child at the police station. Do you think that putting your kid in front of the police station 52 times per year is going to send him a good message? What about brainwashing your kid into thinking that his father is evil because of his skin color? What about the fact that you have made an extreme effort to keep the child away from his father? Is that good for him? And what about refusing to give the father crucial information about the child's health? Mom, if you get information, you can't hoard it. Okay? Why? It's not good for the success of your business of Julian. You've got to share that information. So if the doctor tells you, you cannot give this kind of formula, you've got to tell him. Okay? Mom, you have been extraordinarily uncooperative in giving information. If there is a specific formula, I've asked you twice, okay? What formula does the pediatrician want you to give? You absolutely refuse to do it. Absolutely refuse. I asked this question. It was an issue for me last time. You've been to the pediatrician since then, and I got nothing else. We're taking your lead here. You're not being a good leader, okay? Because you're not giving the troops the information. So we have proof that she doesn't care about her child. Basically, what was happening here is that Karen is so resentful at Nick that she is putting her child in danger just to spite him. Her whole argument is predicated on the idea that because of the father, this is the most unhealthy nine-month-old the world has ever seen. He has allergies, he has eczema, he has diarrhea, and he has a constant diaper rash. She said that her son has allergies because Nick fed him baby formula. Well, the reason Nick feeds his son formula is because Karen doesn't provide him enough breast milk. 
Her excuse was that she cannot pump five days of breast milk for the duration of Nick's custody. Can't or won't? In the case that you can't make enough milk for five days straight, wouldn't the most feasible thing to do be to pump breast milk every day and just drop it off? Again, we are told by Karen that she is the most concerned parent in the world. Surely for the sake of the child, she can deal with a man she doesn't like for the brief 10-second period it would take to drop off the milk. But that's not what this is about. Karen wants full custody of her kid, and she is using the breast milk and formula debacle as a tactic to keep her son away from his father. She insists that the child be breastfed. Formula isn't good enough because she says it makes him sick. She can't provide enough milk for the duration of Nick's custody, so the only way to resolve this is to give her full custody. That, and she flat out tries to accuse the father of starving the baby just to get back at her. Projecting much? What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You, you think that dad's not feeding him at all? Absolutely, because when I pick up the baby, he's hungry. I've taken him to the emergency room because he couldn't lift his head. And so when I took him there, you know, they were like, we don't really see what's wrong. But they checked him and they said, he's hungry, you need to feed him. So I had to feed him in the emergency room over there. Just because the baby's hungry when the baby gets to you doesn't mean that he's starving him. You want me to believe that the, the dad is not feeding the baby on purpose? He's withholding food, water, formula from the baby on purpose to spite you, to be mean to the baby? It doesn't make any kind of sense. Okay, so that's all of our background with Judge Linda Marquis. Linda Marquis was very keen on making sure that the child Julian was being parented properly and was very outspoken when that wasn't happening, which is good. So naturally, Karen didn't like her and went on an internet talk show to slander her name. Let's move on to the second court case with Judge Nancy Becker, which takes place on November 26, 2019. Julian is around 18 months old here. In this case, both parents want full custody. Judge Nancy Becker explains that basically each parent would have to prove that the other is mentally ill to get that kind of ruling, and Karen certainly tries her hardest to do that through a series of lies except she makes the horrible decision of representing herself in this trial, and she makes herself look like a fool as the judge babies her the entire trial. Nick testifies first, so we'll start with him. Now, because this trial is about seven hours, I'm going to speed through a lot of it and just hit the major beats. With that said, here is what Nick has to say. Um, after Julian's birth in April of 2018, how... 
How would you characterize the relationship between you and Ms. Sangalaza? Abusive. Can you elaborate on that? For the three days we spent in the hospital after he was born, she didn't sleep, and neither did I. I was staying awake to allow her to sleep, and she verbally abused me for three days straight, including threatening to leave me off the birth certificate. Did she leave you off the birth certificate? No. So you are identified as Julian's father on the birth certificate? I'm definitely his father. Nick starts out by saying that everything was great right up until the baby was born. Everything was fine, they got along, and he even drove her to the hospital to give birth. The second the baby was born, Karen's demeanor changed. Hopefully some of you who have been watching this channel for a while know that people's personalities don't just change instantly and become bad. They were like that the whole time. They just took off their mask because they got what they wanted and they are revealing to you who they actually are. Both men and women do this, and it's my hope with this channel to teach everyone how to identify the signs before the big reveal happens. Even though this channel's focus is on female abusers, some people in the comments say that male abusers do a lot of the same things, and they are right. So use your brains and figure out where this stuff might apply if you are dealing with a male abuser. Clearly Nick missed the signs and found out too late. Where did, Julian, uh, where did Julian first live when he was born? I wanted him to live at our apartment with myself and his mother, but her family insisted that they go to live in North Las Vegas. And they put him in their car and left without our consent. They essentially kidnapped him right from the hospital. Who, who all went in the, in the car with them? Her mother, her father, and her, and the baby. Her meaning? Uh, Julian's mother, Karen. Legally speaking, I don't believe this is technically kidnapping, but you get the point. Side note, when Nick says from us, he's speaking about him and his family who were there, not him and Karen. So Karen and her family took the child away from Nick, and he didn't get to see his son consistently until his son was nine months old. After this clip, when Karen cross-examines Nick, she brings up a DUI charge that he got back in 2016 before they met and accuses him of currently being an alcoholic. Nick claimed that he has since stopped drinking as much since that event, and only drinks about five beers a month. I believe him when he says this, because as the judge aptly points out at the end of the trial, Karen provided no evidence that he had a drinking problem. No drunk text, no recordings of him being drunk when he picks up the child, and no repeat offenses. This is not the behavior of an alcoholic. Alcoholics cannot control their drinking, and if he was in fact an alcoholic, she would have at least one example of this, if not many, especially if she's looking for any reason to take custody away from Nick. She then tries to bring up some criminal charge from 12 years ago that the judge ruled out because it was over 10 years old. Again, no repeat offenses of that crime. And on this point, because I hate cancel culture and cancel culture loves to bring up things that someone did forever ago, Everyone, you have to give people room to grow. Just because someone did something bad once 12 years ago doesn't mean they will always be bad. If you give them no chance to make amends, then all you are doing is telling them to not get better, because no matter what they do, they will always be perceived as a bad person. People need to be given credit when they do the right thing. This is why, a month ago or so, when Pokemon apologized, took responsibility for, and offered to make amends for trying to cancel it's a Gundam, 
I wrote a post praising her apology. That was the right thing to do. When people receive the punishment, take the responsibility, and don't repeat the behavior, they get to be back in everyone's good graces. Otherwise, you are saying that no one can ever do anything wrong, which is basically saying that everyone is a bad person. Anyway, the rest of Nick's testimony is unimportant, and most of his witnesses don't really say anything interesting. Except when Karen cross-examines this witness, and she says this. Did you ever get a background check to become a babysitter? Objection He's not a professional babysitter, so I don't see the relevance as to whether or not he got a background check. Most babysitters who are not professionals and sit for their friends don't get bankruptcy background checks. So. Remember she said that because her whole point was to suggest that Nick and everyone he brings around his son is a terrible person. But here's something interesting. This is a testimony from her father, Clever Sangalaza. He spends his entire testimony saying that Nick is drunk 24-7 with zero evidence and says that Nick is unemployed, but he goes to the casino all the time. Yeah, that's because the casino is his workplace. He may not make a ton of money playing poker, but he makes more than your daughter does. He's not unemployed. Anyway, during cross-examination, this is revealed. He felt very comfortable. Oh, he felt very comfortable. Oh, yeah. Okay. Was that before or after uh, your son Barrett threatened him and told him that he had a gun? Barrett never threatened him. Okay. So never you, threatened him. So you, you don't recall having a conversation with Nick reassuring him that Barrett was just all talk and he didn't actually... No, I never, I never had a conversation with Nicholas, no. Okay. But Barrett has a pretty lengthy criminal history, correct? No. No? No. So Barrett has been arrested numerous times, correct? No. Has he been arrested more than once? I I don't know. Okay. I don't know. You're aware that Barrett has been arrested as recently as this year? I I don't know. For a weapons charge? I don't know. So if he was released on house arrest to your address, then that was an error. Because he doesn't live there. He doesn't leave it to my house. You expect me to believe that your son has a record of multiple arrests, including a very recent one, and a release record to your house, but you don't know about any of that? You're a terrible liar. So Karen proclaims that anyone who is around her child must have a background check, yet she lives with a violent criminal who is on house arrest. Do we see how she may not have the child's best interests at heart? After her father, Karen's mom goes up, and she says that the child has all these different illnesses because of Nick's parenting, yet provided no medical evidence to actually prove that. Then, Karen testifies, and we find out why she is really acting this way. Let's listen. I mean, at the time, I barely even knew the plaintiff that well. Um, I didn't know anything about him. He had told me a bunch of things, which later on were proven to be untrue in terms of um, what he does for a living, um, and just him in general. Like, I I didn't know. It was so early on. We have evidence that Karen is a liar, so I'm not sure if Nick actually lied about his wealth or she just assumed things, but take a second to look at this from her perspective. She is 21 in 2017, and she meets this guy who is 11 years older than her. Red flag, by the way, people who get into relationships with that grave an age difference tend to have all kinds of problems. But she meets this older guy. Surely by 32, he has everything figured out. He has a house in Wisconsin and an apartment in Nevada. 
and he is a professional poker player, so he must be doing well for himself. Well, it turns out that he had a trust fund, and the house was likely a gift from that trust, plus a large sum of money that he probably uses for his poker buy-ins. And he doesn't pay for the Vegas apartment, his aunt does. Karen found out that he was basically broke, except it was too late because she had already gotten pregnant before she found out. She thought she was going to get paid. And I say that because during the first trial I showed you, she accused Nick of lying about his income when she tries to shake him down for child support. Counsel, anything else? Uh, yeah, we'd like to address the child support. Um, so, Dad stated, and it's in our motion, that his monthly income was about uh, $1,800. Right, and I you believe. just think that that's not true, and so you want him Correct. to file a, a new one? Correct, I don't believe that's true. Speaking of the first court case, Karen then blatantly lies about co-sleeping with her child. When Julian was an infant, you co-slept with him, correct? I don't remember. You don't remember? You don't remember Judge Marquis saying that she wanted to know the name of your doctor so she could call the police on him for recommending co-sleeping? Sure. Last, Karen says this. It's concerning that... The baby can't speak for himself, and all of the and he has to go through all of these things um, with a parent that won't he won't communicate what it is that's going on. Well, if that wasn't the projection of the century, then I don't know what is. Karen, you also don't remember being chastised multiple times by Judge Marquis for not communicating and hoarding information. She uses the old radical leftist argument of, I am speaking for the people who don't have a voice. Pay attention to the kind of person who uses this argument. There is plenty of evidence that Karen does not care about her child at all. Clearly, her child, Julian, is just a bargaining chip. Judge Becker even says as much herself. Hey, I took him to the doctor because he's got diaper rash again, and the doctor said we need to put these ointments on three times a day, and this one is four times a day, and... That's the stuff you should be telling him. And the fact that you don't tells me that you're more interested in making him look bad than you are in what would be best for your son. This leads us to the end of the trial. Judge Nancy Becker calls them both terrible parents and keeps their custody at 50-50. I partially agree with her analysis and admit that Nick isn't the best guy in the world. But Judge Becker equates Nick being too lazy to learn how to take care of a diaper rash without Karen's help to Karen's overt lying, withholding of vital health information about the child, illegally not letting Nick see his child for months, and allowing a recently convicted violent criminal to live in the same house as her child. That doesn't sound very fair to me. What's worse is that she does not only not get in trouble for committing perjury, which is a felony, for lying about the co-sleeping and a bunch of other stuff, but Nick also has to pay her child support. Imagine you have a woman who abuses you, keeps your child from you, makes false accusations and calls the police on you, recruits her entire family and a reporter to run a smear campaign against you, and you still have to pay her child support every month. The child support decision wasn't even about what's right or what's wrong. The judge just awards it as a part of court procedure. Hey, I see that you make slightly more than her, so you have to pay. This is completely evil, and there is evidence that suggests that the majority of Karen's behavior was caused by her wanting a big child support payout. 
Now, if there's one thing that I would really like to drive home for the end part of this video is that when you incorporate a rule, you have to look at how people are actually interacting with that rule. Because good rules are very hard to establish, and frequently, rules do something completely different from the original intent. This is why you have to be realistic about your ideas, and the reality is that child support very frequently turns children into pawns. Child support very frequently encourages divorce and encourages gold digger relationships that are pathological. It's an incentive that creates abusive relationships. Or how about in Nick's case? Clearly, Nick needs a kick in the ass to get his life together. The reason he doesn't have full custody of his kid right now, based on the judge's ruling, is because he was too lazy to Google how to fix a diaper rash that got out of hand, and he makes less money than a full-time cashier at his profession. But even if he does get everything together, what motivation does he have to increase his income? He knows that the minute he makes more money, Karen is going to ask for a reevaluation of child support, and that money will be taken from him. So why bother? On Karen's end, with her promising career in political science, what is her motivation to go out and achieve? If her degree isn't useless and she gets any kind of half-decent job, she will not only stop getting child support, but she will now be the one paying child support. You see how horrible the system is? It demotivates both parents. That's not even including some of the ridiculous payouts that some women get when the husband is rich because she has to live in the lifestyle that she's accustomed to. Anyway, I thought this trial was a fantastic bit of reality TV and well worth watching. If you want to see it, I put every link to the trial in the description. But with that said, I think that will be enough for this video. So if you liked it, hit the like button, subscribe if you're new, comment and share. If you would like to support this channel, then you can do so with PayPal, Patreon, or Subscribestar. You can find all of those links in the description. Last, if you haven't found me on Facebook, BitChute, Twitter, or Parler, you can also find those links in the description. Otherwise, thanks for watching, and I'll see you in the next video. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.